Welcome to Transform Your Workplace. This episode is brought to you by Zenium HR. The demands of HR and payroll are endless. And that's why Zenium provides a complete solution for both so that you can focus on what you do best, which is growing your organization. Learn more about Zenium HR at zeniumhr.com. How can leaders engender respect, empathy, and appreciation in the culture of their businesses? According to Sarah McVannell, recognizing greatness starts with leaders who are willing to make intentional changes when it comes to noticing and showing appreciation for those around them. What's the result? A workplace culture with recognition at the forefront and a staff who won't look elsewhere for purposeful employment. Especially during the Great Resignation, this is more important than ever. So join me for today's episode where I interview Sarah McVannell, the author of Forever Recognize Others' Greatness. Let me know what you think of the episode. Reach out to me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, any of those places. Love to connect with you and I'd love to hear from you. Enjoy today's episode with Sarah McVannell. Sarah, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Oh, my pleasure. This is like, I've been looking forward to this all day. So let's let's have a juicy conversation about recognition. You're looking forward to this. I thought you just had a keynote earlier. So that should have been more exciting than just joining the podcast. Come on. <laughs> They're both exciting because it's both for HR people, my people. So I, you know, like this is gets a chance to extend the reach to people. So yeah. That's excellent. I don't know what you talked about in your keynote earlier, but what I wanted to talk about is recognition overall. But in the current times, we have this coined term, the great resignation. And I don't know about you, I'm seeing it, I'm feeling it. This is the reality. And I'm wondering if you're finding that recognition can save people, can retain people amid this just mass exodus. What are you thinking about that? Absolutely. I mean, I wrote a book, Forever Recognize Others Greatness. And one of the chapters in there is about change and how you retain and you help insulate against these things like a global pandemic where people are struggling to find meaning and where do they belong and how do they uh, manage family responsibilities with work and just so many tremendous challenges that they have in deciding what work means to them. And when we give a reason for people to care, when we give validation and verification that they matter, that we care about them, they're more likely to stay. And I know probably people are listening to this thinking, that is not rocket science. But the great thing is about human behavior is we're actually not that confusing. So yes, one of the key ways that people can retain great people is that the people that they want to retain feel so needed and valued and seen and heard that they don't even doubt that. Because people, I don't know if you've been finding this, Brandon, people have been doubting if they are making a difference. How is that possible? I just have to say, how is that possible? Well, I'd say if leaders are doing a good job of recognizing their people, then that wouldn't even be an issue. They'd recognize the contributions they're making in the organization and and know that they're valued. Well, and definitely the number one reason that the, and again, we like to say it, but I'm just sharing with the audience that this is 
validated in study after study, the number one reason people provide in exit interviews as to why they leave a role is because of their direct supervisor. So things like an acknowledgement in the form of a thank you, a written acknowledgement in the digital era that we're in, finding cool, innovative tech tools such as a Koodle board or a digital message, message board systems built into people's intranet all can really help to reinforce that culture where people feel like even if we're not physically together, or even if the type of work we do has changed dramatically, my leader is still seeing it and my peers are able to acknowledge it so that my leader can see it as well. So I'd like to encourage anyone listening to this wondering, well, can we actually keep recognition top of list and top of the priorities for leaders given the world of work is changing so rapidly? I'd say that's actually the most important question we need to be asking is what has worked before that we could evolve to fit today's reality? And then how can we do even more of it? Because if anything, people need to be reaffirmed that they matter. Your question about the great resignation is people have so many options. We can get into it if you want to talk about the the data and the trends that are contributing to that. But the point is, if we give people a reason to look elsewhere, then they're going to look elsewhere because it is so easy for them to do that. Yes, as you just talked about the reasons or alluded to the fact that there's research around it, I'd love for you to share that with listeners. What are the top reasons other than people are leaving crappy managers in this great resignation? What are some other reasons why they might be leaving? Yeah, so in, in addition to that, we also have a notion that is now not the dominant reason why people are leaving, and that is people are leaving to go to the competition. When we've seen this massive influx of people doing retraining, switching industries, switching roles, and some folks are willing to go, quote, down a level, you know, even in the flat hierarchy some organizations have, there's always some hierarchy, right? People are sometimes willing to have less of a prestigious career or role in order to have wellness, health, work life, well-being, and so forth. So that's one thing that we're seeing is that people are choosing to go back to school, retrain, and switch industries. So you're not necessarily competing with the person down the street or a similar company in your industry. The second thing is you're competing with the employee themselves. So I could right now, if I wanted to, as could you, create an Etsy store if you like to make your own candles or holistic dog treats or, you know, any of those homemade things that are passion. They used to be projects for you. You can actually make money selling that around the world now. Similarly, your uber talents that people need in the gig economy, now you can you can be hired by people anywhere around the world for that skill set. And again, if you're really passionate about that and it feeds your soul, and if it gives you extra money, and if it feeds a lifestyle need that you have, then you've got the perfect storm for people looking elsewhere. And actually, sometimes the grass truly is greener on the other side of the street. When you get a chance to make money doing something that you are healthier, you're happier, you're more interested in, well, why wouldn't people be considering some of these other options? Right. The title of your book is Forever Recognize Others' Greatness. How do you define greatness, in your opinion? 
Well, the whole concept of frogging is the the belief, you know, forever like this, other straightness frogging is the belief that every single one of us has greatness. I would say probably the most written down quote that I share in, in my recognition keynote is a complaint is a poorly worded request. Greatness is really being able to see people's skills, talents, and passions, even when they can't see it themselves. It is that unwavering belief that every single one of us has greatness and it deserves to be acknowledged and that I can actually see it and that you can see it too. I already know your greatness. We just met through a mutual contact. Uh, Lauren, go back and listen to her podcast. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, amazing. She's great. We could just brag about her greatness for the rest of our podcast episode. But the point is like, I already know you're super tech savvy. You're constantly innovating. You are a continuous improvement buff. Clearly you have huge love for your audience and you are committed to serving. I can see your greatness so obviously. And how often do you hear that? No, I'm blushing right now. So great. See, that's the magic of frogging is that all you need to do is show up and pay attention and you see it. There is no magic formula of some people are greater than others. And see, can I just do a little side note rant for a second? Yes, please. Have your permission? Okay. Yes, you have the permission, of course. (laughs) I was probably going to do it anyway. So thank you for giving me the space here. We put a lot of people on a pedestal. And this isn't just Western society. This This is a thing as humans. We like to think that there are some people who are above us. And I don't just mean titles and position power. I mean, we look to stars and athletes and all of these people that we believe are better or higher or more accomplished than us. And unfortunately, what that does is it robs us with the infinite curiosity about our own greatness and the greatness in the quote, normal everyday person all around us. But what if, in fact, we spend as much time as we spend reading People magazine and watching all of those little news shows about people that we consider our, quote, greatness, and instead we got curious about the people that we live with, that we work with, that are in our community, and be as curious about their greatness, I'm kind of thinking that we would make each other blush a whole lot more because we could just notice it and acknowledge it. In those moments, we'd be frogging people all the time people who matter to us and that have a huge impact on our health and well-being as well. Yeah, I I love that. So with work environments specifically, I think it's like one thing to recognize and appreciate the greatness in your people, like my direct reports, for example. But to what extent is this a shared responsibility with others in the organization to recognize those same people like peer-to-peer or other managers highlighting and recognizing the people that work under me, like how much of this is just an overall culture shift versus just a way we kind of habitually do recognition? Okay. We're such soul brother and sister. This is like, (laughs) I'm so glad you asked that question. That is probably our biggest untapped opportunity is to make recognition the quote, how we do things around here, which may be how people, some people define culture, right? It is not just the manager's responsibility or the owner's responsibility. You now get scale. If everybody believes the way we do things around here is we recognize each other. And not only that, we recognize our customers and our suppliers and our partners. We create this ecosystem of appreciation that people are motivated to do well, their best work, to give you the best rates, to come back and keep using your services. It actually creates this true culture of abundance. I know we use the word abundance perhaps a little bit too much. I genuinely mean it creates dollars and cents value. Yeah, I do too. 
Yeah. I mean, hey, would you go back to a business that didn't value you, that made life difficult for you to do business with them? Hell no. Hell no. Not just a no, it's a hell no. If you had two job offers and you had one that was just like, I am so excited for you to join the team. And somebody else would be like, sign this contract. Which one would you pick? (laughs) Oh, that's an obvious one. Yeah. I want somebody who's excited for me to come. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the things I've been helping organizations with this massive gap in being able to recruit great people is I'll say, well, have you sent the people who apply the thank you card? No. Well, get excited. They applied. My God, like we can't even get people applying. So like start the parade now. Do you send a thank you card after the screening? No. Great. Now you've got a new opportunity to send it, you know? What about it after they've done an interview? No, but they spend an hour of their time plus all the hours preparing. And I encourage them to have different people. So the recruiter who did the initial assessment or the person who said, hey, you got to come and work here. You're going to love it here. Be acknowledging people all along the employee experience journey. And to your point around peer-to-peer, that is how you develop an army of recruiters. Your people who already work for you and love you, they want the people in their life to be happier. (laughs) And if you have the solution, aka come and work here, then they will not only love the person who works for you that much more because they say, you saved me from working for this other place that I am, you know, just a number, but also they get a chance to work with people that they're already invested in. It's the easiest, most, I think, underutilized recognition strategy, which turns into automatically the most untapped recruitment strategy of our era. It doesn't actually have to be super complicated. We don't need to get into a boardroom and all, you know, sanitize our hands and wear masks and like hire the super expensive facilitator. And hey, sometimes people hire me to do this. So hey, if that's what you need to do, bring in an expert, that's totally fine. But I actually believe it's simpler than that. You need to care about your people. You need to find ways to acknowledge people across the entire employee experience journey. And you need to remind everybody, the heart of our business and the success of our business is in people. No matter what business you're in, you cannot do it without great people. And so every person in the organization has full latitude and joyfully can go forward and recognize anyone, anytime. And by all means, here's one last like bandwagon here, remove every barrier to people doing that. If you need sign-offs, get rid of them. If you have caps or logins to be able to acknowledge people, get rid of them. Make recognition as easy as putting on a pair of socks because then people are going to do it. If putting on socks were hard, we'd all have cold ankles, but we would survive, right? I mean, you can survive in an organization without recognition, but why would you want to? So make it way easier and way more part of the culture. To me, it's obvious that to recognize and appreciate people, it's an intentional act. So you like really have to go out of your way to do it, but it doesn't have to be that hard. I mean, I went to the end of your book and there's there's an appendix with 86 ideas for recognizing people. Some of these things are so easy to do. I just, I mean, I copied some of those ideas as a cheat sheet because some of them are so easy that I'm like, gosh, if I just made this part of my day and I sort of went out of my way to make sure to acknowledge people and just use some of those ideas, 
I mean, think of everybody's doing that, how it changes the culture. And that's where, you know, your your question was so invaluable around peer-to-peer. And when it becomes how we all do things around here, it actually just becomes very intuitive. It's just what we do. It's not like drama. Somebody was recognized. Like, please, let's not consider recognition what happens at the annual dinner. Like that, hey, that's cool. That's fine. But goodness sakes, we should not be hearing that we're great and we're valued five years in. (laughs) We're not going to keep some people in the younger generation or top talent if we wait that long. But also like who was ever motivated by a sharp pin, even if it had a diamond in it? Like those are dangerous. Like let's not define recognition through these really grand gestures. You know, to your point around that list that you were reading, most of the strategies in there are super easy. They're just being a nice human, like write a kudos on somebody's LinkedIn board or write a little note or send somebody a text. The more we do this in our personal life and our professional life, the more it just, it becomes so easy and intuitive. And I'll give, if you think it'd be helpful for our listeners, I'm happy to give people the research on the top ways people want to be recognized and you can get ready for like a super easy, okay, cool. Let's do this. Let's do that because I was going to ask you a question about that, but I'd rather almost have a resource for that if, and we can put it as a link in the show notes or something. Amazing. Okay. So in that book, we write about one of the chapters we had to do this massive review of a huge data set about to validate what we had been seeing. When I say we, my team and I, anytime we do a team consultation or an intervention, recognition we quickly learned was the essential ingredient. No matter what the issue was, whether it was a new team, a team that was like imploding, a senior team, a staff, frontline staff team, recognition had to be part of the equation. Everything else doesn't stick if people don't feel valued and that they're individually important. And it makes so much sense, but I will tell you, (laughs) as people who studied human behavior, who really like to believe that we get humans, it took us a few failed attempts to figure that out. But full transparency, if we're going to write a book about this, we want to make sure this wasn't just a, a really good hunch that we seem to get pretty good at teaching people how to do this. So we analyzed this uh, data set of engagement survey results. And a quarter of a million engagement survey data points later, it demonstrated that there was a huge statistically significant difference in things like what we talked about earlier, satisfaction with your manager, trust in the organization, continuous improvement and innovation, intention to stay, and engagement, overall engagement. So you may be thinking, okay, Sarah, that's not really what you promised. You're going to talk to us about the top ways. Well, I'm glad you asked because out of that exact same data set, It was so clear, their top three ways those people wanted to be appreciated, whether it was the people who were in the group that didn't feel valued or the people who were consistently across the board and every single keynote audience, whether it's a virtual or in person, I hear this with very few exceptions. I hear the same data reinforced. This is grounded theory research as well as quantitative analysis. Okay, let me ask you, Brandon, now you may have read this in the book, so that may be cheating, but I'm going to ask you anyway. If you could only be recognized one way for the rest of your career, how would that need to be delivered to you? What would you... Oh, this is so hard. What would you most value? You only have one way. Only one way. I know this is this is hard. I'm in between two options, but I okay, think... Okay, you can what have I, two. What, oh, I can have two? Ooh. Okay, so I'll go the more intimate one. I like handwritten thank you notes. Mm-hmm. So that's one way, that, but that's private. But the other way, which is probably the one I'd lean to most, just <laughs> this is such an ego play. Oh, I love it. Public recognition, whether it's like social media, somebody tagging me on something or somebody chiming in in an all-team meeting that we have with talking about something I did publicly. So 
both both are very meaningful both are very different but one gives others insight into the work that i'm doing okay so every listener when you get value from this podcast now you need to give a shout out because now you know (laughs) (laughs) that's why i love like that's why i love ratings and reviews on my podcast like okay i'm doing something right (laughs) yes yes hey that's just a little quick side note That's the magic of recognition. You are motivated to keep doing more of what is working because you're acknowledged. Imagine if you got no ratings of reviews. Oh, I would would have been been done years ago. I would have stopped doing this probably. Exactly, which is the same. I promise I'm getting to the the point I promised, but (laughs) I don't want to miss this opportunity to stress this, that this, my friends, is why you need to recognize. It's not another thing to do. It is getting more of what you need out of your people. So if your favorite podcaster, you don't want that podcast to go away. You need to give them a review. You need to acknowledge them a shout out on social or what have you. You want your best peer colleague to keep doing what they do. You need to tell them thank you, which by the way, that's the number one way people say they want to be appreciated. 95% of people say, All you need to do is look them in the eye or whatever socially acceptable way to do that and connect with me and say, thank you. Number one way, 92% of people say any form, doesn't matter how, it needs to be personalized and specific, which I think gets to what you're saying around the review, right? If somebody just gave a review but didn't say why they liked your podcast. Yeah, exactly. Right? It probably wouldn't resonate as much. Yeah. And then the third way, that is my drum roll. I don't know. It sounds perhaps more like, I don't know what it sounds like. But anyway, that's my drum roll um, is the written thank you note, what you just said, you know, and I don't know about you, but I keep my thank you cards. Do you keep your thank you cards? I do. I have a drawer full of them. And what do you do with them? Well, if I'm having a shitty day, I'll pull them out at some point and look at them and it'll give me energy to keep going. Do you know how many audiences, when they've asked me to speak, it's probably because they're burnt out, they're stressed, they need new strategies, they want to do this, but they're kind of like, but how do we, when we're exhausted or when we've moved to hybrid teams or, or whatever the reason is. And I ask people, you know, do you keep thank yous? Almost everybody says yes. The odd hero will say, I don't need it, but I'm like, okay, well for everybody else, what, you know, have you pulled them out lately? And it's amazing, no matter what the issue is that I end up being brought to speak on, almost everybody reconnects at that point. Because all you need to do, you can self-recognize through the past acknowledgements of other people. You probably have this experience where you pull one out, the ink is faded, you don't remember getting it, you don't even remember who the Sven character is who wrote the note, but you read it and you're like, ah, you know what? He's right. I am pretty awesome. And then you just keep on going, right? So I would say to anyone who's listening to this, if you're struggling to find the energy, the motivation, whether it be about recognition as a practice intentionally, or just in general, go to your file, go to your box or your mantle. Hey, if you proudly display them on your fridge, even push the kids' artwork aside to reveal your thank you cards that are somewhere underneath all those pieces of art and read them. And remember, this is your greatness is so obvious that people could physically write it in a card. That, to come full circle back to your point around what is greatness, greatness is the things that people see in you when you don't even try. Yeah. It's interesting you're saying just the the notes and stuff. It made me think of something we did as a team. So I've been with the same organization for 
13 years. So I've been awesome. part of our culture for a very long time. And one of the things that we had done at, at an all team meeting activity was, uh, so we're, I'm in the United States. I can't remember where you're at exactly, but you're in Canada. So for the United States, we're, we had a Thanksgiving you know holiday coming up and we did, I think like just a turkey on a piece of paper. And then we said, okay, now give thanks to other people in the room we'll put your name at the very top of the paper and then just say like a, a word or phrase that you're thankful for about them or just anything recognition wise. And I can't tell you how many people have kept that, including myself, where they just have it in a drawer somewhere. I mean, this is, you're talking seven years ago and the people that are still around will pull that out because they look at like my name on it and it m- might say like smart or rock star or like all these like really nice descriptive words about me that just gives me a nice jolt of energy. So I I recommend people do some things like that too. (laughs) Well, thank you for sharing that example because um, selfishly, I'm going to include it with your permission and I'm creating 101 ways to recognize like forget (laughs) that 80 plus at the back of the book. We want to level it up to 100. So with your permission, can I include that as an example? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I I, I probably stole from a blog somewhere. We, we are, we're always looking for team building activities. <laughs> you know what? Steal well. If you're going to steal something, steal the things that build humanity up, you know, that are, that are kindness, right? So <laughs> I am a marketer and I don't come up with my own ideas. I usually build on other people's ideas. That is the, <laughs> that's the modern day marketer. <laughs> they say that there's no real original ideas. So really you're not just stealing. I think we call that in marketing repurposing, don't we? Speaking of that. So the question that I wanted to ask you, next was you had mentioned Charles Duhigg and the power of habit in your book and how that methodology of the power of habit could make recognition a habit. So maybe talk about his framework within what you're talking about and how all of us, not just leaders or managers, how all of us can make it a habit. Mm-hmm. Well, a really key part of any of the habit theory is it starts with a cue. So what is your cue? And for some of my colleagues or some of my clients that are really truly starting at the infancy, we'll use cues like take five kudos cards or I have this deck of compliment cards that has 54 different compliments in it. Put three in your pocket and before the end of the day, get rid of them. And even if it's in a virtual or hybrid team, take a picture of it and give it to somebody through an email or, you know, hold it up at a team meeting. So you can actually have visible physical cues to remind you of that. It's just like the stack of thank you cards on your desk. It can be a visual cue. You can have in my Trello board, my um, project management system in my Kanban board, I've created a, a checklist that reminds me at the end of the week, I need to send five thank you cards through Sendouts, which is the virtual Sendout card system that I use. And we'll put a link in the show notes for people. I'm 100% virtual right now. So that's how I make sure that I'm still keeping up with my thank yous. And so the cue could be whatever productivity and organizational system you use, you can build that in as a reminder. I also have prompts that the Sendout card system that I use reminds me when somebody Important to me, I have a special anniversary with them, such as members of my team, the first day that we started working together, birthdays are in there. You'll have to send me your birthday and your mailing address so that I send you a birthday card from now until the end of time. I try very hard to beat people's (laughs) own mothers to getting them a birthday card. Uh, (laughs) But in all seriousness, though, like 
how many people get mail anymore, right? So I say that I do that because that's all part of the cues. So make recognition easy because there's a cue. Here's a, here's a little example of something that I've noticed as a cue in a retail environment. So the Best Buy stores here in Ontario, at least all the ones that I've been in, and I'm super nosy now, so I go and I check every time, outside of their staff room, they have a recognition board. It's super simple. It's got, you know, like the letters you could buy at a dollar store and, you know, it's like craft paper on the back. It's not fancy, which fancy is probably not a good thing because it seems too corporate, right? And it's got these little pegs. Some of them are designed a little bit differently, but the point is it's got little cards where people can write a note to each other, peer to peer or leader to staff or staff to leaders, and you sign it and you date it and you put it up there. Well, when I have to use the bathroom and I'm middle-aged, so that always inevitably happens when I'm out shopping, I always get a chance (laughs) to walk by because the staff room in Best Buy stores is across from the public bathrooms and they don't have it on the inside of the staff room. They have it on the outside. Okay, so let's talk about habit formation. You've got a cue with seeing the board. Every time you go in and out of the staff room, you have a, a cue within your huddle meetings. Perhaps they say, hey, everybody, purposely look for somebody today that has made your job better or that has really done a great job of providing customer service. You have a cue in the, you know, when you look at your receipt about recognizing, but you know what I found out by frogging somebody? I actually physically hand out little squishy frogs and I tell perfect strangers I need to frog you. And then they look at me really shocked or surprised or scared. And I quickly (laughs) tell them what it means and then why they're awesome. But, you know, no joke. I shared with um, somebody recently who was helping me at Best Buy, who was amazing. His name is Mitch. I'm going to have to send this to the manager of our local Best Buy store because he's that fabulous. And you know what he he told me the next time I saw him is that he was mentioned, my comments were mentioned at a huddle, a stand-up meeting. Mm. And they look forward to that. It's not just like fill the survey because I get like, you know, a bonus on my paycheck, the number of surveys. He was so happy to get feedback. And he remembered me. And so he said, Hey, Amazing. are you the one who said this on the survey? I'm like, oh, Mitch, A, you remembered me and B, yes. And so get ready for me to send another one in. Right. So cues are so important in, in habit formation. And why wouldn't it be part of habit formation when it comes to recognition? I love that. Okay. So I want to, I want to flip the table a little bit. You'd wrote the book that We need to find greatness in every person, no exceptions. Elaborate on that point. Every person is greatness. And that's why the the quote around a complaint is a poorly worded request, I think lands with people so much. We often think when people are being negative that they're problematic. Right. What I suggest to people is their greatness is so well hidden. It's hiding behind negativity, frustration, Mm. complaints, um, hopelessness. Poor performance. Perhaps performance. However, imagine if your poorest performer, if you notice the tiny little thing that they do well. So let's say you have a Best Buy store. I'm not sponsored by Best Buy. Anybody don't think that it's biased. <laughs> this <laughs> episode like, is brought to you by Best Buy. No, I'm just <laughs> now you're going to be able to go to them and say, I will not release it until you give me a sponsorship <laughs> deal. But let's say you are their customer service. You're checking people out you're, and you're you know processing, but they're the slowest person who does that. They forget to ask and remind people to do the survey. They sometimes beg the wrong items. However, they always show up 15 minutes early. And that's maybe the only thing that you can think is redeeming. You can go to them and say, I am so grateful 
that you show up 15 minutes early because it means that I can always depend on you. Mm, that's good. Usually, I like the specificity around yes. that comment is makes it well worth it. Exactly. So now do you think, so let's say my name is Gladys and I've been the one who's, you know, not seeming to get too many things together in my professional life, but however, I'm always 15 minutes early. So now I'm Gladys. What do you think I am going to be motivated to do now once I've received that very specific acknowledgement? So Gladys, here Gladys is, and she has now been acknowledged for, for coming 15 minutes early. Two things are going to happen. A, Gladys is going to keep showing up 15 minutes early. She might be 20 minutes next time. And B, she's going to wonder what else she can do to make you happy. We're, we're not as mysterious as we like to think we are. If I'm acknowledging other people for things, Gladys is going to listen to the fact that now that somebody else has been complimented for how much they carefully check all the items to make sure they're the right ones before they go in the bag. And somebody else gets acknowledged for making eye contact and smiling and saying, thank you so much. Have a great day. Be safe out there. It's starting to snow. And so don't make sure you don't trip. We pick up and we hear the things that are being acknowledged in others. When you feel valued, when I feel valued, when Gladys feels valued, then we're more likely to then live into that, those expectations. We're more likely to try very hard to meet those expectations. You had mentioned about the underperformers. And we often think, well, if I'm acknowledging the people who are underperforming, does it A, demotivate the performers? And does it B, reinforce underperformance? And what I like to suggest is we need to acknowledge the things we want to see more of. And for your underperformers, there are very few exceptions that there isn't something that is valuable. Look for those gems acknowledge that, start with it. And it's not that you don't have performance conversations. That's not it at all. Imagine how much more receptive that person is to your performance advice and coaching, as well as very specific direction that you provide when they believe that you want them to do well. And that this is not a, they're not at the firing squad, that they're still on the same team as you. You just really need them to, to evolve in, in a particular way. Full circle back on the complaints of poorly worded request concept. It's that there is so much that we, we assume because people are complaining or they're negative, that that means that they're not contributing in a really valuable way. So what are they complaining about? That is probably their greatness. So let's say you were to complain to me about the fact that I am really disorganized and that there's no planning to our project. You probably value organization and planning. So how might we do a better job of making you the planner and the organizer and not be me? And then I could say, instead of you being complaining to me and fixating on that, I could say, wow, it clearly organization is really important to you. I am absolutely fine with us shifting the roles and responsibilities so that you can use your skills and your gifts, and then I can leverage mine. How might we do that? So it's not that we all have to be Pollyanna. That's not at all. That's not what we're talking about. It's truly seeing people for who they are, the faults, still being able to believe that people have greatness and acknowledge behind what negativity, hesitation, uh, lack of productivity, some of those things, it may seem like it's hiding their greatness. Their greatness is there. If we acknowledge it, people are more motivated to get out of their own way and all of the things that are masking. It's very hard 
to continually acknowledge the greatness that exists in somebody who is very negative and them continually be negative. It's like trying to swim against the tide. It's just too damn exhausting <laughs> to try to be miserable with somebody who has zero desire to be miserable with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sarah, let's wrap up the discussion with this. Let's say somebody listens to this discussion. They take what you're saying to heart. Maybe they even pick up your book. They do the 30-day recognition challenge you talk about inside the book. And they're practicing all these things. How do they know, especially during this current great resignation environment, how do they determine if what they're doing is working, the recognition efforts, the the culture change that they're trying to create within their organization? How do they know if it's working or not? Well, I hope that people are monitoring and measuring their people metrics. So that would be a key way to be able to see if your core variable that you are trying to focus on and make a concerted effort on is recognition, then when you start to see the number of applications going up that are directed from internal folks, the reduction in turnover, the length of time people are staying in the organization, the feedback that they're providing at orientation and and in their onboarding process, your people metrics should be substantiating that that concerted strategic and work on recognition is yielding results. So that's one of the first things I say to people. If you're not measuring people metrics, you measure what matters. And if you're not measuring people, then that's a sign that they don't actually matter in the culture possibly as, as much as you would like, you might like to believe it, or you may be the converted, but other people, it doesn't matter. So, you know, you can't do it alone. The other piece is to consider what is the first thing I would notice that would be different. And that might be that people smile more. It could be that people spontaneously acknowledge at your stand-up huddle meeting something that worked well the day before. Been in lean continuous improvement environments where we do have formal stand-up huddles, For a team that's really trying to build this into the team culture, we will measure and monitor the number of things that worked well the day before that were acknowledged at Huddle. It can be that (laughs) transparent is you can actually track and monitor it by starting the Huddle with that cue of what worked well or who's somebody that helped you or, you know, what, what worked. And you track the number of things people can come up with in one minute. It also creates a bit of a gamification and challenge in there too, to give it a time limit and to try to beat the number of acknowledgements that were the day before, the week before. You know, I don't like to say there's one size fits all. I do want to reinforce that it needs to A, be strategic. It has to be on the people roadmap. And so you have to measure something. Even if you're a small company, you need to measure that. We, in our company, we measure the number of thank you cards we send And on a more micro scale, even if it's just for you, how many thank yous have I written this month? How many acknowledgements did I give today? The penny technique is if you put five pennies in your pocket, and in Canada, they'll have to be dimes because we don't make pennies anymore. (laughs) Five in your pocket. And each time you acknowledge somebody, you move the penny or the dime to the other pocket. It can be seriously as simple as that metric. And guaranteed, when those coins are jingling in your pocket by the time you leave, you're going to be really motivated because you're not going to want your trend to go off the rails. You're going to be motivated to make sure that you give away those acknowledgements. Sarah, this has been such a fun discussion. I'm so glad you came on the podcast to share your wisdom. Where can people learn more about you or anything you're up to or or any parting thoughts that you want to share with listeners? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously I hang out on social, so come hang out with me on social. Much to my kids' chagrin, I'm even on TikTok. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm following you like now. <laughs> Yay. Awesome. I've got some fun workplace spoofs oh, where great. I make fun of, you know, all the silly things. But no, in all seriousness, um, I come over to my website, Greatness Magnified, and find some goodies under cool stuff. There's a recognition checklist to ask people how they want to be acknowledged. There's coaching questions. There's all kinds of tools and resources that people can use starting right away that are super practical and will allow you to have even greater momentum in your personal objectives of recognition. And also they're super shareable so that it's not just you, you can indoctrinate other people to be part of this recognition movement. Sarah, this has been a pleasure. Thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. 